Hello, friends. It's Ariel Hawani of The Ringer MMA Show. I'm Chuck Mindenhall. And I'm Pete Carroll. And together, we are Three Pack. Follow and listen to The Ringer MMA feed exclusively on Spotify for all the latest in the world of mixed martial arts. And join us live on Spotify Greenroom after every big event. See you then. Love yous. Mwah. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. With over 122 million parts, from superchargers and brakes to exhaust kits and beyond, eBay Motors levels your baby up to its peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. Shout out to that guy, yes. The Majesty. Oh my goodness. It's professional wrestling. Stay mage and enjoy yourself. Wrestling. The world's number one sports and recreation podcast back on its old day this week, a Friday. And um, I think it ends up working out really well because there's a lot to talk about that we will be able to talk about because the show's coming out on a Friday. But um, first of all, joining us from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, sitting in his um, very serious law offices, it's the, the hold on, the EST of CHP. That's right. The the fattest, the hungriest. That's right. The heaviest, um, the tallest. <laughs> also the tallest, the tallest, the widest. The EST of CHP, <laughs> the studious Stack Eye Greg. Hey, who's going on, fellas? He's back. And also, fresh off of what I'm hearing was a really tough booster shot night, 
we have 35 under 35 Dipperstein. You know, I thought I was going to be the guy. Nothing's going to happen to me. I could be, I, I could boost and boost and nothing's going to happen. And then last <laughs> night it just oh, all no. came crumbling down. I barely slept. It was repug. My boost was <laughs> nothing. Uh, wow. People are boosting up a storm here. What about you, SUG? Did you boost? Oh, yeah, I boosted. And I had a similar situation to dip where, like, my arm was sore. And then there was a few hours, not the whole day, but it was definitely some recovery time that was needed. A lot of naps. It was, <laughs> it was repug. It was the kind of night for me where I turn the heat up in the house oh. and I turn the heat down in the house. Yeah. Then I take an Afrin. Then I blow my nose to get the Afrin re- out residue out. Then I do the Afrin again an hour later because I only had one squirt. <laughs> then I do my sinus medication. Then I'm blowing my nose in the middle of the night. Then I'm sweating. I mean, I... I you're a disaster is what you're saying. Confirm yeah. disaster. <laughs> yeah. I'm faking it for you right now a thousand percent. Yeah. But that's like why it. you're a pro. That's why you're Hollywood's 35 under 35. That's, that's right. right. That's why. That, you're, you're pulling it together. I'm very, very impressed right now. Um, Proud of you, Dip. Yeah, this is you're putting on a real, real performance for the people. Um, uh, by the way, I did see. I, I, listen, I want to try to avoid talking a ton about COVID, which has not yet come back. By the way, keep your keep your eyes peeled because it's going to knock on wood. Unfortunately, it's going to be back in wrestling in seconds because it's terrorizing the sports world. So we have to be moments from it causing some issues. Oh, SGG. Listen, not under these circumstances. I, I want I want Thunderdome on our own terms, not due to COVID. Absolutely not. We we have we must as a society, as a people, as wrestling fans, pro wrestlers, and sports entertainers alike, we must come together to defeat COVID. If we go back to the Thunderdome, it has to be for nostalgia purposes slash on our own terms. We <laughs> You're cannot gonna get your be forced back into the yeah. yeah unfortunately. Uh... <laughs> Now, I'm going to have to go through a, a radio show today, the K show. Michael's on vacation already. Don and I are doing the show. My Washington football team has been ravaged with COVID. We are playing a guy at quarterback on Sunday I've never heard of. It's a tw- by the way, it's 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 my Washington football team against the the home of Brian Dipperstein and the current home of Stack Guy Greg's Philadelphia Eagles, and Washington has just been completely destroyed. So. We're gonna so have to this minute, you could be quarterback for the for the Washington football team. It could be. And when we talk about it on the show, I have to get these tweets. I, oh, talking about COVID, huh? I guess I'll check out. Okay. See, it's gonna be a political show. Um, wait, hold on. It's not a political show to simply say that it's a problem again. This isn't these these um fortunately it looks like deaths and hospitalizations are remaining under control, but these cancellations and oh my it's it's uh hopefully it will not totally invade pro wrestling but we will watch over the next couple of weeks um thank you uh for everyone for the patience of of this week we delayed the show because i had a really uh a tough family loss this week and a dipper scene and stack guy greg in in great team and class guy fashion and girl fashion because um crystal hyde was also a part of this operation as well the full hyde family clan was involved here um you guys sent me a beautiful zabar dessert 
ensemble, which I'm both incredibly grateful for because it was such a kind gesture. And also, I just got back from home where I was eating and eating <laughs> the post-funeral sweet chomping, you know, it never ends. I realized weight-wise, there's nothing worse for me than just going to my mother's house. Nothing worse. Oh, every, every mother. They shove <laughs> yeah, me yeah, full of true. bread yeah. and carbs and crap whenever I see them. So uh, I'll just say this. Uh, and but before we get into the, the news and, of course, a, a lot of wrestling that happened this week, um, the the person who I lost, Rachie Rabinovitz, 24 years old to a brain tumor, she was such an epic soul. Like, I know people give spiels about people when they pass away and they make everyone seem like a, a warrior. Rachel... Her performance with an absolutely awful prognosis was unlike it was unimaginable. Her level of funny throughout the entire thing, her ability to joke in situations when you just don't know anything to say. And she would just say something that was hilarious about something that had no humor. A 24 year old with a brain tumor is probably the least funny thing imaginable. And Rachel's approach was so incredible that it it bled through to the funeral services, which I I was dreading. I, I really had a horrible week of dread thinking it was going to take me back to the, the funeral of my brother-in-law 10 years ago, my, my ex's brother, um, that I'm sure many of our like hardcore listeners remember and have heard me talk about Spencer. I thought it was going to be like that. And her essence as a person was so positive that the funeral, while it was obviously sad, it was not what I expected. It was in some ways uplifting and an actual celebration of her life. Um, she was, Rachel was incredible. She raised $250,000 towards brain tumor research even though that research did did it wasn't capable of doing anything for her she was just too far down the road and dip i was thinking about you earlier because dip and i suffer from the same jewish neuroses of like you feel anything bad going on and you think it's the worst of right course. right and like you know, there's obviously an element of joking, and then it's that joking is based on some like remote, you know, fear that exists. Mm. Rachie liter literally had the worst case scenario. I feel headaches. This is weird. She had a seizure. She went to a doctor. It's a brain tumor. You have limited time to live. Ten months later, she's gone. The absolute worst nightmare scenario happened to her and she handled it with a level of courage bravery humor just general kindness warmth it was she was an incredible human being so as time goes on i'll do some events um you know different things to raise money for um for Rachie's cause towards uh, brain tumor research, and that's what it will be about. But she was an amazing human being, and uh, thank you to everyone who showed out, uh, showed love, especially you guys. Really appreciate it. Uh, you're making me fat up a storm as I prepare to head to Dipper Lago I next mean, week. 
I mean, what do you give the guy who has everything? More was there a rainbow cookie? Yeah, exactly. Isn't AJ Bar's thing? Did you do you guys know? Hold, I'm going to show you what these came in. Do you know what these things came in that you sent? No. <laughs> Don't forget the Venmo. This, me, this is about to be ridiculous. What'd you say, Dip? Don't forget to Venmo me, by the way. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Look at these beautiful boxes. Oh, very nice. Not, one, so not one. Not two. They said it would be a tower, so it needs at least four. Th not three. Oh, my God. Is there a rainbow cookie in there? Is there? Is it Jewishy cookies? Rugala? Oh, Rugala. The best. Um... There they are. Oh, oh, boy. Bring some of those, freeze them, and bring them to Dipper Lago, will you, next week? By the way, I, I probably will. I'm not. What am I going to do with these? Look look at this box of black and whites. I love black and whites. I, I really this appreciate the, them now. This is a box of black and whites. This podcast, isn't it? This podcast is a box of black and whites. So that, was, that was very sweet of you guys. Um, all right, SGG, what is happening uh, outside the ring this week? So last week we discussed Jeff Hardy a little bit. Um, but we didn't have that much information about what was going on. And then shortly after the show aired and was released, we all learned that Jeff Hardy was released by WWE. Um, not done via press release. It was it was quietly done. Um, I believe it was Fightful that, that actually announced that he was gone from WWE. And the rumor is that WWE... Um, they requested that Jeff go to rehab. He declined. He said that he doesn't need rehab. And so they released him. Um, it wasn't disclosed rehab for what purpose or why. Um, just that they requested that he go to rehab and he was released. And Matt Hardy seemed to back up this story in a live stream that he did a few days ago, where he also mentioned that you know he didn't think that his brother needed rehab. So he supports him wholeheartedly um in his decision so. well let's just let's just let's just call this what it is this is a tough one for me to comment on it anyway so i don't <laughs> no information um no there's nothing to say I, the only thing to speculate on is is this the end of the road for the hardys and wwe will we ever see them again and will it only be for a WWE Hall of Fame induction? Right. Right. Because like you said, we don't have that much information. The, the only thing we know is that he was released, and it seems that Matt confirmed that they requested he go to rehab. He declined, which ultimately led to the release. But how do we, we know? don't have we don't so so we don't know whether in fact that's true. We don't know if in fact if that was offered to him and he said no. We don't know who's the good guy and who's the bad guy here. You know? Right. Does he well, need rehab? We have no idea. Does he? You know, there's just no. It's all speculative. So all, all we know is, that he's, is, uh, is he's gone. And bummer. Uh, I am sure he will pop up in AEW at some point. They will obviously do a run with them together before they call it a day. And I assume that they will come back one day to end it in the WWE Hall of Fame because they are. You know, Jeff had a TNA run. Matt Hardy has had this AEW run. But they are WWE through and through. Yeah. And like you said, they're definitely going in the Hall of Fame. So, I mean, there's, there's at least that. Their, Look, their story with the WWE is not done unless they have a ring. The Jeff Hardy, 
um, is an enigma. Oh, the charismatic um, enigma. enigma. <laughs> he's he's one of the greatest wrestlers of his generation. Modern wrestling, in my opinion, wouldn't exist if it weren't wow. for Jeff Hardy. Well, this is strong a strong take, but interesting. Hey, I, agree I, with I reflected I reflected a lot on it this week, given you know I I'm you know we had an amazing experience with him. We got a chance to really talk to him for like about an hour straight um, during one of the heat and greet shows that we did a few years back in New York. Um, and uh, he's just a, such a nice, sincere person, genuine guy, or was to us anyway at that time. And uh, I have very fond memories of encountering him in a real way. And uh, I, he hasn't, this is not a eulogy, but I, I'm saying, you know, I, I have a ton of respect for Jeff Hardy. Um, just sort of reflecting on his career over the last week and a half because, you know, seemingly it's on pause for the moment. But um, he's a mage dude. End of story. Mage dude. Great guy. Nice dude. Incredible talent. Uh, you're right. And, you guys are both right. He is a major, major influence on all things modern wrestling. That is very. Yeah, you have to agree with with the statement. I mean, anybody who disagrees just isn't paying attention. He He's in in like rare air is one of the most influential wrestlers, especially when you look at this generation of talent and what they're doing is his influence is definitely, definitely felt. And I would, I would yeah, just like, oh, sorry. What was that? I was going to say, I would, I would, I would give him this comparison. I would say that he's the Jimmy Snuka of his generation. Is that just because they do a very similar thing before they jump off the top rope? <laughs> no, I just when I think of Jimmy Snuka, the movements, the the in ring movements, the move set, the high flying, um, you know, uh, I would say Snuka influenced Jeff Hardy, and Jeff Hardy influenced everybody else. I think you were going to say, I would say Snuka influenced Jeff Hardy, and Jeff Hardy influenced Snuka. I was going to say well, that doesn't. <laughs> I didn't say that. All right, SGG, what else is going on? Um, Kevin Owens re-signed with the WWE. I know there was a lot of speculation. Uh, people were on Steen Watch. They were wondering if he was going to eventually be All Elite and join uh, the likes of Adam Cole and potentially Kyle O'Reilly, who was who is now a free agent, and people expect that he's going to end up in AEW. But Kevin Owens, in fact, re-signed a new multi-year deal with the WWE. This was also first reported by Fightful and uh, confirmed by Kevin Owens himself on the TVO TVA sports podcast. Um, don't bother listening. If you don't speak French, it's all in French, but thankfully um, a bilingual listener was able to translate for the rest of us and inform us that Kevin Owens did in fact resign with the WWE. Well, this is a very, a really, really good situation for Kevin Owens. He really sort of lucked out. You know what I'm saying? Um, Timing-wise, he gets to be one of the dudes who they could not afford to let go. Yeah. Like, yeah. I don't, it's hard for me to believe based on... Well, obviously, they love Kevin Owens. We know that. He, he gets a ton of TV time, always does. But, like, it's hard for me to imagine that they think there are so many things out there that they haven't done with KO that they're like that they really are basing a ton around him in the future. I, I don't mean to sound negative. He's a great, great talent, but like it's hard for me to picture with the kind of talent he is 
that they were like, oh, my God, we we just need him. I feel like it was probably more we are not letting them get this guy. We are not letting them have another one of our dudes and have the Internet, another Internet doll. He would have been Daniel Bryan part two. We're not letting Daniel Bryan part two walk into AEW. Well, no, he would have been healed Daniel Bryan for sure. Right. But in terms of beloved by the Internet and the guy who now everyone's so psyched to see him have a match with this one and a match with this one and a match with this one. It's just like, no, we're keeping you. And as a result, kudos to KO, who's what? Almost what, late 30s, almost 40. And now it's probably locked up for basically the rest of his career. Uh, I think it was a three year deal. And I, I got to say, though, I do think Kevin Owens is one of those talents. Yes, they they probably felt like we can't let this guy go. But also, I think there is a lot left on the table. Um, 37 for KO. Like I, I got a heel, a heel yeah. reign of terror for Kevin Owens as champion is something that they could they could still do for sure. Um, I got to tell you, I'm not sure I agree with you, SGG. I agree more with Peter on this one. I feel like they're, and this is a very controversial thing to say, but he may have bottomed out our WWE, Kevin Owens. His look has never changed. What else are they going to, like, what other look could he possibly have? Um, He's won titles. He's wrestled everyone. He's been in the main event against pretty much every everybody, every big name. What else could they be doing with Kevin Owens except an entirely new repackaging? He's kind of done it all in the short time that he's been. I mean, not short time, I guess. Short time at Jace. Seven years. There. Seven years on the main roster? I, I got it. No, you. seven years in the company in total. But it basically is seven years on the main roster because he debuted less than a year after he and the main roster less than a year after he shook. If I had to lose Bray Wyatt, Braun Strowman or Kevin Owens, I would have lost Kevin Owens. Ouch. No way. No way. That's just me. Kevin Owens is a, is a better wrestler than um, both of those guys. He's more uh, charismatic than both of those guys. I don't think uh, he's uh, much of a draw. You think you think he's you just said no hesitation. You think KO is a better wrestler and more charismatic than Bray? Yeah. Yeah. Bray uh, Bray had like a lot of the bells and whistles and Bray was more theatrical and, and Bray had a lot of the smoke and mirrors. And and in the terms of, of entertainment. Bray. Yes, he brought a lot of entertainment value, just like pure entertainment. But in terms of like sports entertainment and what they can do in the ring, and Kevin Owens on the mic is is especially for a guy who English is his second language, and he didn't learn English well until well he into his formative years. Ko's Ko's great. Ko can do the funny stuff. Ko can do the serious. Ko can go out there and give you a psychopath. Ko can can do it all. Whereas Bray just has like this one lane of creepy cult guy that he's portrayed on camera because you know we've met bray we've spoken to bray so he he can also be funny and that's the and thing I was and say, charming and all those things I, I, but we haven't the, seen it though we haven't seen it we've seen right, it well, from ko see that's but that's and why if i can use roman why. as an example it doesn't always translate like this charming guy that we see backstage doesn't always translate on camera for wwe I, so I, bray can I, a lot it, of people are going to disagree with that uh, well listen a lot of people i'm sure people disagree with you too but i I feel KO is is an incredible talent, and I I'm with Dip as I said initially. I don't see where they go here. You, you saying this heel reign of terror? Nah, I don't see it. I don't think it's ever going to happen. I don't think he's in, in, unless they Listen, form in, some faction around him, and he's the mouthpiece for some faction. I don't think he's physically imposing enough to run roughshod over the WWE. I just I don't. And like frankly, have you ever like? 
had a co- yeah, I see what you're saying. It doesn't always come across backstage to in front of the camera. But to me, Bray had so many things they hadn't tapped into yet. Whereas with KO, it feels like they've tapped into everything. I don't think Bray so. Wyatt kept I mean, evolving year after year into something cool and different, even if it was just a slight, you know, difference in what his previous character was. Kevin Owens has been the same schlump for 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 seven years. I mean, I Seth mean, Rollins is way more versatile than Kevin Owens. I would say Kevin Owens is not versatile. I like Kevin Owens. I don't I, I don't think they should have lost him to AEW. But if they did, eh, if they lost yeah. Seth Rollins, that would have been a huge loss. I thought Bray Wyatt and Braun Strowman was a huge loss. But like someone like a Seth, that would have been that's a huge loss to me. He's I, I, evolving I, I, too. I still think you're down. I think Bray is still a gigantic loss. And I still don't think anyone even realizes how bad it is because he hasn't shown up anywhere yet. And I don't think they understand the level of talent that Bray is yet. That I just but but listen with with Bray, it's possible that that you know one of two things can happen, right? It could be that with Bray, they lost this incredible wrestling genius who is is gonna go somewhere and cause big problems for them creatively. Or it's possible that, you know, with Bray, he just gets in his own way and he causes his, like, he's the architect of his own demise in terms of, you know, thinking and doing too much creatively and there's nobody to rein him in. Um, We won't know which one is true until he pops up somewhere and then we actually see it. But it's a coin flip at this point. I don't know which way it goes. And with KO, I got to disagree on him not being physically imposing because, at his size, he's one of those guys that you can drop in there with anybody. I mean, yo, he hit a pop-up powerbomb on Mark Henry once. You know what I mean? He's beat up the big show. KO, KO can fight these guys and look believable. I just I, I disagree that he's not versatile. Or, or I have to agree that his look hasn't changed. But I don't know how much of a change that he needs to do aside from just like maybe toning up his arms a little bit, if anything. And that's just me having to nitpick. I'm bored by Kevin Owens at this point. I see Kevin Owens. I like him. I've, I've never had a problem with him. He's someone I enjoy watching on TV, but I don't, I mean, he's, he's, I don't know, at this point, I, I just don't see it. I just don't see anything special there anymore. What? Well, it's a good thing you enjoy watching him because he's, uh, he resigned. He'll be back. And speaking of Braun Strowman, <laughs> um, ROH's final battle was this past weekend. Um, hopefully not the final final battle they did say that they'll be back in april 2022 but uh braun Strowman, well the man formerly known as braun Strowman, debuted as part of ec3's faction control your narrative which seems to be a, a multi-promotional faction that's just going to pop up everywhere and he he's now going under the name of the titan adam share and uh he he debuted in a big way to um just Joining control your narrative and and just demolishing a handful of people in the can't say I was most, can't say I was super excited to see him debuting in a company that was shutting down. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He looked interesting though. He looked he did. it did look interesting. <laughs> he looks fantastic. And I think that I think part of the thing with control your narrative, they're gonna be popping up everywhere. So it wasn't so much that, you know, he's debuting a company in a company that's shutting down. It's just that, you know. They're making their mark here, but they're also going to be an impact, and and who knows where else? Maybe AEW, maybe not. The Forbidden Door seems to be um, closed at this point. Um, so who knows what ha- what ends up happening with Control Your Narrative? But he at least found a home and is is going to be back in the pro wrestling world. Um, How the hell is Braun Strowman not in WWE? <laughs> it's just crazy. 
He probably doesn't want to be. Honestly, he probably doesn't want to be. You know, we talk about this in terms of like, and I think that's what AEW's existence has shown us is that, you know, yes, some people do get released and sent on their way by WWE in shocking fashion, but some people also walk out of the door or refuse to come back through the door. So it's probably at this point, because, you know, a guy like Braun, they could definitely use, um, they, they could definitely use him. They definitely would need him especially with the roster getting thinner and thinner as, as the weeks go by, but he probably just doesn't want to go back. Um, I, I wonder because I don't see where the other fit is. We talked about this and to dips point, I just am still so surprised that he's gone. He was just like such the ultimate toy for them. It's such a weird one. Um, but maybe you're right. SUG, maybe after he was gone and got used to it, he was like, I'm good. This episode is brought to you by eBay motors. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED highlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Spring is here, and you can now get almost anything you need for your sunny days delivered with Uber Eats. What do we mean by almost? Well, you can't get a well-groomed lawn delivered, but you can get a chicken parmesan delivered. A cabana? That's a no. But a banana? That's a yes. A nice tan? Sorry. Nope. But a box fan? Happily yes. A day of sunshine? No. A box of fine wines? Yes. Uber Eats can definitely get you that. Get almost, almost anything delivered with Uber Eats. Order now. Alcohol in select markets. Product availability may vary by region. See app for details. I got to tell you, it felt, it felt like winter came and went. It was I, coming for so long, and then it came and it went. I am I am not a fan of the winter is coming concept. In that it's the second year in a row where like, I don't feel that anything's happening. Except I, it, it was an awesome show, but I, I, to me, it was just an awesome episode of Dynamite. I did. I, There's no part of me that thought this is something else. Put it I on. I feel a like they made the matches feel a little bigger and more important. The matches but, were the matches were pretty big. Well, obviously, half the show was one match, so it was mage. But put it on a different night, different time, different look. Is something that makes it feel a little more different to me. If we're going to have this whole fakakta name and stuff, look, no one loves Hangman Page more than I'm the Hangman Mark of the century. Yeah, that's true. Okay? <laughs> but this six segment match was preposterous. There was a lot, there was a ton of good stuff in it, but it was a lot of laying around and struggling to get up. They were struggling and struggling. There was a tons of struggle in this match. So, so real quick, let's just go around the room here. Did you, SGG, did you watch the match? I did. You, you listen, you had to watch the match. Okay. So, to. so what's your, SG, let's start with you, SGG, fan of the match or not? Fan of the match, not a fan of the finish. I can't believe Dip is doing this to me again, second week in a row. I have to disagree with the, the struggle and the struggle. I think Dip is being overly harsh with the match. I think it was paced very well. Um, 
I like the targeting of Ad- Hangman Adam Page's arm to try to take away the lariat. I like that that played into the end where he had to hit multiple lariats and different variations of the lariats because his arm was so weakened. The only thing I don't like is that it ended in a draw. I think that didn't do anything for either one of them. I think that a 60-minute draw benefits uh, a heel champion more than a babyface champion because it plays into the narrative of you have to beat me to become the champ versus I'm a fighting champion and I can beat anyone. So I think Hagman um, lost more than he gained also, in the draw. Also, I defended the draw, time limit draw finish on Daniel Bryan's first night. Right. So they go right, right. back to the well you with Daniel Bryan again. again? <laughs> so I, 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 I listen, Dip, I understand we can hear in a minute if Dip has more serious criticism. I love that they made it so mage. An hour on TV is rare. It's a big deal. It makes them both look mage. They're both so good. Daniel Bryan, his his style as a heel is so different than his style as a baby face. Like, he's just the man. He may be the very best in the world, honestly. He's just absolutely the man. But I'm with SGG completely. That finish was just stupid. You, you just yeah. did it. Take a stand. Take a stand. You yeah. either take the title off Hangman right away on national TV and give it to Daniel Bryan and make Hangman chase him again, or... Daniel Bryan suffers a pin by or the draw helped no one or some other thing, but a second draw for Daniel Bryan in his what? Three months in the company. Agree. Yeah. It was the perfect time for Daniel Bryan to win the title. I, I agree. Daniel 100%. Bryan is more over than face hangman today. So arguably. Yeah. So Daniel Bryan should have won the championship a thousand percent. And then Hangman chases him to revolution and it takes him a couple of months to win it back. That's what should have happened. It was a cool match that it lasted an hour. There was a lot of laying around. Laying and laying. Lay, they were lounging in the <laughs> ring. For, for, they for had to though. They were, they decided they decided they were gonna go to a draw, so they had to stretch it out. I think it was paced. I think it was paced well. Let's talk about how Mage MJF is and how Mage Dante Martin is. Okay. This match, in my opinion, was the match of the night as far as entertainment value is concerned. Dante Martin moves around the ring like no one I've seen in a very long time. This guy is silky smooth. It's it's extraordinary to see, frankly. He's he's pretty mage. He he needs a little needs a little bit of meat on his bones. He kind of looks like a child's coming out to the ring, but he's a sick athlete. I mean, listen, stand up next to Marco's stunt, and he's he's doing all right. True. Yeah. Anyway, so um, I think there was a missed opportunity to involve Hook. In a real way, who is the hottest? Did you guys see Hook's debut right on Rampage? He, I thought he should have been like a winner. There should have been something with him on Winner Is Coming. I think there was an op- a missed opportunity there. He's over. He's there's so many people that are over in AW right now. Everyone's over. Yeah, but you also yeah. you also are the are the over overstater of all time. <laughs> Last week, you said <laughs> no one in the world is more over than at Hangman Adam Page. It and changes now, every week there. But then then they're not that's, over all the way. <laughs> then they're not that's as over as you're saying. There's a, this a, has a to be said. murderer's row of over people. And this has to be said. And I know, oh, my God, the AEW people are going to be so mad. By the way, if you're a huge AEW person, can you do me no, a favor? No, they're going to be fine because you say it. If I say it, they will be so mad. Can you just do me a favor and just be happy 
that as a quote WWE shill who works with WWE right now, we spend this much time on AEW. Whether you like what we say or not, can you just be happy that we spend the time People on it? People think we don't spend enough time on it. I, I know. We're opening shows with it. We're closing shows with it. But let me just say this. I sat here on this podcast a couple of weeks ago and said I was more excited for that Long Island Dynamite than maybe every episode so far. It was a f- dud. That episode a fat edit it all up for me Troy it was such a disappointment I could not believe first of all Punk was terrible MJF is absolutely right to clown him for what he did spending the entire time talking trash about the Islanders what year is this dude I thought you're supposed to be one of the best Mike guys in the business that was garbage (laughs) like okay once or twice it's like he didn't prepare I'm telling you right now Speaking as a talented person who often doesn't prepare, I know when I see someone doing the same thing, he did not prepare. He showed up there and tried to wing it, and it wasn't good. And whatever they tried to do to build to uh, MJF appearing in Long Island, we got nothing. It it felt lukewarm. Like I, I didn't even know what the crowd felt. And then the Fakakta Battle Royal? With the Fakakta WCW 2000 Greed pay-per-view BS Schmazola ending with him leaving and coming back. And then, a, oh, my God, dude, they overcomplicated something that seemed like such a layup dip. Am I wrong? No, I thought the episode was trash, too. Oh, it was all sitting right there. I, th- I think part of the problem for AEW and... um. This probably play out a little bit in winter is coming too because Tony Khan made some announcements that didn't end up being made and they hyped things that didn't happen. Is that they overhype instead of just like leading with whatever's already on the table? Like the hangman Adam Page was in Texas. Um, I don't know that he's from Virginia, but he's a cowboy. You know what I mean? They bring a cowboy to Texas for his first big defense and the crowd ate it up. And that's something that they should have done with MJF. They shouldn't have even highlighted that. MJF is going to be in Long Island. Everybody sees that Long Island's on the calendar. Everybody knows where MJF is from. They should let that just be something that plays up instead of hyping it as, you know, some type of coronation that ended up falling flat only because they set people's expectations. Not not only that, SGG, not only did they set the expectations wrong, and I recognize that, you know, these criticisms one day I I I could rue the day, but I will not lie about these things. Who... You know, I argue with this about with Brian Mann sometimes. You know, Brian Mann and his elk who love all things AEW. I say sometimes, I'm like, Tony Khan has done amazing things in the wrestling business, but he's also overplaying his hand in cer- certain situations and showing some real basic lack of knowledge of, of booking. And I'm no booker, okay? I'm no wrestling guy in a true sense. But guess what? Neither is Tony Khan. And <laughs> right. that is what happened they opened the show in Long Island with MJF's music and then Punk coming out. I mean, as tired a thing as there is in, in wrestling, but it can be good. But then Punk cuts a, a promo where it looks like they just said, hey, dude, just go out there, you know, do whatever you want for 10 minutes. And then followed up immediately the next commercial break. They come back. MJF's music hits again and he comes right out. Wait. The crowd didn't even have a minute yet 
to like cool down and pop to hear that MJF was actually come out. It felt like it was it was the wrestling visual equivalent of this sound. Yeah. It was nothing. It was just it was hot water pouring down a step, a, a carpeted step. That's what it was. It was nothing. God, it was annoying. Can't, that was some fine broadcasting right. right there. I can't defend it. And I know everyone. And by, guess what? Let me just help everyone out. You wouldn't go this hard against WWE. You're goddamn right. Listening. I Keep would. listening. I wouldn't go <laughs> this hard. Go no, I wouldn't go this hard. But I'll, I'll be critical. <laughs> you do go hard though. For some, for I do go hard. You do go hard. Yeah, yeah, I do go hard. I'm a contractor, SUG contractor. But yeah, I was just disappointed. I, I, I was sitting there with Natalie. We were watching, and I was like, "Oh man!" She was like, "Isn't this the episode you're really excited for?" I was like, "Yeah, I was." And I was just kind of sitting there bored. I heard it was pretty good in person, but on TV, it, it did not play. Um, but if you have not watched The Hangman, Daniel Bryan, for all the critiques I have about the finish, they're just two unbelievable workers. And I'm telling, do we not? We got to give the Buckshot Laureate its proper due for where it is in in finishes right now. It's fire. It's yeah. about how it's sold. And yeah, Daniel Bryan can sell it really well. Oh, my God. The man turns inside out on the drop of a dime. I'm sure, like, Dante Martin could have could like flip over four times. Oh, my God. Dante Martin with, with the Buckshot Laureate would end up in the 11th row. Did you see that horrible that horrible botch that Dante Martin did have, unfortunately? It looked I like did. a botch where he kicked. He kneed MJF in the neck. Oh, no, I didn't Ooh. see that. No. Oh, it was crazy. He tried to do, like, some crazy turn off the top rope. Like a like a like a leg drop, and it his his um his knee hit his neck, and it was you could tell MJF needed a minute. And like by the way, SGG like did, thirty seconds. Speaking of which, uh, for of, of MJF, did Ryback respond to MJF? <laughs> I didn't see. I didn't see it. I'm sure he will, though. I'm sure he would. He's he's probably trying to angle for a match with MJF at this point. I mean, hey, you might as well. Um, so we uh we, we go over to Monday Night Raw, uh. We, as we predicted two weeks ago, we will get a fatal four way at day one with Bobby Lashley. It does feel like the right thing to do. Bobby Lashley to me does yet again seem like the most fresh and interesting person in that story. Dipperstein, you living? Yeah. You're saying goodbye now. Yeah, I'm going to say goodbye. Dipperstein is jobbing to the booster. Yeah, I'm not feeling well, guys. Oh, sorry, buddy. Feel better. Okay. Good night and good luck. Good night, good luck. Later, Dip. <sighs> Unlike uh, Paige Danielson, Booster v. Dippenstein, we have a winner. <laughs> there's no draw on that one. By the, the way, by the way, there's no draw, and it didn't go 60 minutes. <laughs> no. No, we have a definitive a decisive decisive finish. Winner. 45 minutes in, the booster goes up on Dipperstein. Um, so, so, SGG, we will get the fatal four-way. Um what did you think of Monday Night Raw generally this past week? Generally, I thought it was a good show. Um, I was surprised that they basically made it the Bobby Lashley show and had him run through the other top three contenders on Raw. Um, start the show, middle of the hour, or the middle of the show, and then at the end with the with the victory over Big E, which even though it was a little bit schmazzy and still a win's a win. Um and that's great for Bobby Lashley that he gets to to regain some of his credibility. Not that he lost any in these past few months, but but now he's in the championship picture once again. 
Um, yeah, and I love MVP doing the dirty work, of course, ending up using the cane on um, Big E's knee. I don't know that I needed to see all of those guys sort of having a facsimile of a facsimile of what that match is going to be this past right. week. I might have, yeah. I might have rather just had Lashley against the other two minus Biggie. Like if yeah, you beat I, those two, then you get your way into the match. Yeah, because it was a great match with him and Big E. But I do, I do see what some people have been saying, and that that took a little bit away from from Big E because, like you said, he didn't need to he didn't need to involve himself um, at all in in the the gauntlet of matches. Um. So yeah, I, I'm I'm with you. That see, my thinking was to get out of it to to have the guys not interfere since Biggie said he didn't want that, but that doesn't make sense for them because they're the heels trying to keep it as a triple threat. They're definitely going to, going to involve themselves, but Biggie not having to have a match at all, I think protects everybody in a way that makes sense also. And um, it makes the most sense. Here's, here's the thing. Do you, you think Lashley gets the title back at day one? Even they listened to us on this cheap heat podcast. I, I think I think no. I think that they they have Big E retain the championship um, in a way that that sort of solidifies him as as the top babyface because I mean they sort of have to, right? You know, Big E loses these non-title matches. He has to pull away the big one, otherwise, then it goes back to what you said at the beginning of this reign, which is how do they do it and make him look so dominant? This in the way that they made Bobby Lashley look dominant. How do they do it in a way that that elevates him? Um, and I think the only way to do it is to have him, if he's going to lose these matches along the way, is to have him win the world title matches on the big shows when it matters. Um, what else as you take away from um, Raw this week? What was the uh, what was the other big thing that happened this week? So another big takeaway from me is that. Bianca Belair and uh, yes. Dewdrop have amazing chemistry. Um, yeah. This match, even though Bobby Lashley came out and did his thing in three three matches with KO, Seth, and, and Big E, this match for me was the match of the night. Bianca versus Dewdrop. They just they work really well together. Yeah, and and Dewdrop makes no, Bianca look so strong too. Yeah, yeah, and I have no issue with them. You know, we complain about rematch after rematch when they're not delivering the goods, but in a situation like this where Bianca and, and Dewdrop are performing so well, yes, please, I will I will gladly take another. <laughs> Absolutely. Now, what you should do in a situation like this where you have people, I think, at least, and you have people who have chemistry like this and you want to keep running back the match again, that's fine, but also utilize this time to develop their characters more. Give us yeah. a little bit more about who they both are. And that's not just a Dewdrop thing. Bianca too. Bianca needs to be more than just a celebration of how incredibly athletic she is. You know, she needs to be more than the EST. She may be the EST, but we need more than the EST. You know what I'm saying? How do you do that? How do you how do you get them there? Well, I think it requires the her Bianca getting pushed. You know, like her stories generally with people. You know, it's been it's been about the title. It's been 
it's been really about sort of competition. Maybe there's a way to make this. I know this is the most overused word in professional wrestling, but maybe there's a way to make this more personal where there's something that we see a little bit more from her than just that. I want to see Bianca's now been on the main roster. What a year and a half. Is that right? Yeah. Wait, no, no. Close to two years. Close to what? What? What did she come? Because she debuted on Raw the night after WrestleMania, the 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 at home WrestleMania, the first right. Tampa WrestleMania. She yep. debuted on Raw with the Street Profits. And so then, yeah, we're pushing towards two years. Yeah, then she went to SmackDown, and she back on Raw. And now she's one of the biggest stars in the company, and we know that. Um, they still haven't given us anything about her relationship with Montez. Um, they've really, they've really kind they've of given us crumbs. They, they acknowledge that they're married and, you know, like you said, in her debut, she was there to defend Montez against Zelina Vega and, uh, at the beginning, yes. was they, Garza. yeah, they pulled them apart pretty quickly though. After that. So I don't know. Yeah. I mean, listen, I'm not Greg. I'm no, I'm no writer. I don't know anything, but <laughs> you know what I'm saying? They're they're To me, if we're going to keep running this back and turn this into more, and it's clearly not around a title, which it's not, we have another, we have a title picture. That's Becky and Liv. Which that that's falling flat to me. It really is. It's 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 there's not enough there's not enough there. Yeah. It's, it's, and they got people got excited about Liv and I think it got rushed a little bit and there's not a real thing between them. Yeah, and Liv Liv this is gonna sound very harsh. Oh no. From a guy who just sits on the couch and watches it, but I feel like Liv is not pulling her weight in this in this feud. I feel like Becky is doing a lot of the heavy lifting, especially with that promo on Monday where Liv came out and she just it it feels like she needed more. She she maybe need to, you know, I, I don't want to say go back to NXT, like, you know, but there's something that's that's not clicking. She has the fan support for sure, but on her end, I think in ring on the mic, performance wise, there's something that that's just not there for. You you don't know which it is, or you think it's all of it? I think all of it. I think in ring and on the mic. And again, the fans still support her, so obviously it's not going to do her. You know, it's not going to hurt her to to try and hone hone in on those things and improve because the people are behind her. So she has the she has the main thing already. She has the fan support. But just for me, if she's going to be in this feud with Becky Lynch, who is the top woman in the company, regardless of what Charlotte's saying on SmackDown, she has to she has to be able to bring it. I don't disagree with you. I don't. Yeah. I don't disagree with you. I, I feel I love her. She is a she is a good person. Uh cool, talented. She's got it all. It's all yeah. there. It is. But they got so hyped off of the crowd response she was getting. And I think that was a spot where, you know, she would have been primed for like a feud with Zelina Vega over the the, the crown. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like they not to Becky. She has right, right for the right into the title. It, it, even even if you don't like even if you don't love Becky, even if you don't think Becky is 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 today's Stone Cold Steve Austin, you still can't deny that she's the top of the heap. There, there's no when you see Becky, you're like, okay, I'm watching one of the major players in the company, and you need to be. There's a reason that Dewdrop is 
getting this story with Bianca, who's mage, but not the title holder right now. They couldn't just put Dewdrop right with Becky. And by the way, Dewdrop would have looked more credible with Becky than Liv does. Yeah, I was just going to say, if they did, they'd probably be getting better results than than they are with Liv. And it's not like I think this is disastrous. Like, you're like, oh, my God. It just feels like, are we doing her a favor? You know? And th- again, this is the same thing that I was saying about Big E, is that fans get excited because they love someone and they think wrestling is real, and so they want them <laughs> to win the titles. They want- Hey, say my name next time, P. Don't- <laughs> that guy, Greg, thinks that wrestling is real. No, but you weren't. But you actually weren't the most like, oh, my God, yay, Big E won the title guy. You weren't. You were happy for him, but you're like, is this – you seem to have questions, too, about is this going to be the, the right play, and we're still learning the answer. Yeah. I mean, like, I think right now anyone who were to tell you Yo, this biggie title reign, psh, it's been incredible, is lying. I they would not be telling the truth. The, the, yeah. the truth is it's been cool. And it's not, and again, this that's my friend. You know, I would tell him this to his face. It's not an indictment of his work right now at all. His work is great. He's doing the best work he's ever done. He's doing yeah, I, I think he probably is doing the best work he's ever done. He's been terrific. But when you jump ahead in stories, it can be you can feel it. When yeah. yo Stone Cold Steve Austin wasn't just an incredible talent, it all worked out just right. So when he got to, well, Austin three sixteen says, "I just whoop your ass." When he got there, he was already he had already had the moment with Brett. He'd already had everything was poised for it. It was all right there. No, no, you got it mixed up, right? Because wasn't Austin three sixteen uh, King of the Ring ninety six? Yeah, you're right. It was King of the Ring 96 and 97, right? Even still, though, Austin, 97, WrestleMania 97. But even still, though, Steve Austin is a great, a great person to bring up to prove your point in that you cannot skip ahead with the story, right? Because he comes in as the ringmaster. It's not working out. So then they slowly build to him being more diabolical, devious. And then you get the King of the Ring win, the Austin 316 promo. And even then, even then, they even. Even then, they still build to him being more and more diabolical to where when Brett comes in at the end of the year for Survivor Series, now he's now he's ready. Well, and remember, and, and, and Brett, then it's, so then a few months later, WrestleMania, he yeah. loses to Brett. Yeah. So and he, that is when that is when he becomes like blood of the a stone of the heap. So yeah. and, and and so it it just was such a thank you for the correction there. So but it's still you're right. It's the exact same thing. Slow, slow now. If that was in 2021, the second he said the words Austin 316, that would have been it. He would yeah, have been he would have been in a title match oh, two weeks later, and you have no idea if we ever would have gotten there. Because yep. remember, Prime, that's all 97. He hits his full, absolute Prime Austin is 98 into 99. Yeah. So it's just a build, 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 build. And we've seen this many times. Now, when they get a sense that something's going on, boom. And in the case, that's in the case of Liv. In the case of Big E, everyone's always loved Big E. It almost seemed like a matter of just like, we're bored. We need someone new. <laughs> How about Big E? So they go to Big E. And, and again, cool for the moment. How will it play out? I don't think we'll have an answer on the Big E 
title and whether it made sense, his title win made sense. I don't think SGG will have a real idea of that until we get a couple months removed from WrestleMania. Yeah, and uh, hey, maybe even further than that, right? It's definitely going to be one of those things that we look at in retrospect and think this was too soon or or it was just right or like what the hell took them so long? Because like in the case of Bobby Lashley, when he got the championship and started dominating, it was like it felt just right because this version of Bobby Lashley that became the champion, if they put it on him at any point before that, it would not have felt the same. So. With Big E, it's one of those things that we're going to have to just judge in retrospect with the benefit of hindsight to say whether or not they gave it to them at the at the right time, yeah. the wrong time, too early or what. But um, in the meantime, though, he has been stringing together a, a good run of matches, and, and I don't think it's going to end at day one. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. In the meantime, SGG, uh, I have a question for you. I'm gonna I think I know the, the question and the answer. You have black power rankings. Oh yeah. I'm black, y'all, and I'm black, y'all, and I'm blacker than black, and I'm black, y'all, and I'm black, y'all, and I'm black, y'all, and I'm blacker than black, and I'm black, y'all. I'm blacker than black, blacker than black, black. I'm blacker than black, yo, because I'm black and I'm black. In at number three. Bianca Belair, because like we just spoke about, I'm really enjoying her work overall, but um, especially with Dewdrop. This is one of the better feuds on on WWE television to me. I think she's doing incredible work, and, and I'm excited to see them do more. So she's coming in at number three, and she would have been higher if not for the two gentlemen at number two, um, John Gresham and Jay Lethal. But this is really more for, for John Gresham, um, the new Ring of Honor champion. He won the title. At great, the author, battle. great author. <laughs> yeah, great author. Uh, and he's going to be a great champion. Hopefully, he has good, he's as good of a champion as he is an author. But no, him and Jay Lethal had a had a had a great match. Um, and honestly, it was it was the type of match that really it shows you what Ring of Honor has been all about um, this whole time. Um, he's new champion, and Jay Lethal. I was shocked to see him even come back because you know, if you remember when he signed with AEW, he said he was not going to be at Final Battle. So, you know, good for him to to come back and um, have this moment with John Gresham where he he sort of passes the torch. And now John Gresham is going to lead Ring of Honor into the future. Whatever that may be, uh, we'll find out more in April 2022. And then in the number one, the dominator, Bobby Lashley. Mm. Because like I said, just a, just an incredible performance on Monday. Um it wasn't quite a gauntlet. He did have to. He did get to take a break in between each of these matches, but um, just the stakes increased more and more as he ran through more and more challenges and the, the pull it away and earned himself a spot into that day one championship match in spectacular fashion. Bobby Lashley, number one, this week's Black Power Rankings. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Welcome to the shoot, Arrow Baby. We we need Morris watch. Have we heard from Morris? No, I think it's over. <sighs> I think it's over. I, I have to. I, I don't want to say that, but 
He's never called the show again after calling all the time. It's been now like two years and no one's two called. years. It's been, Oh man. It's been, it's been since before the pandemic. Yeah. On that note, mail. Let's see. <laughs> this is what I just got yesterday. SGG. <laughs> John says, John says, finally found y'all. <laughs> What's up, CHP? Been listening since the original era, and I know y'all sometimes just take one to two weeks off, but when I realized it had been over a month since y'all dropped an episode, I Googled you guys and read you joined the ringer. After that, I found you no problem. And it gave me some content to binge to catch up. Stay mage, John, in the U.S. Army. Mage, man. M- m- Thank you for your m- service. M- m- mail. Thank you for your service. And most importantly, I'm glad to know that our military people are smart enough to find the podcast because I, <laughs> yeah. I worry about people. Um, <laughs> Brian wrote us yesterday, and uh, he says uh, the subject is Magewell Jacob Friedman. As an OG Cheap Heat fan and a Long Islander, I hope you guys will take a few minutes to talk about MJF's glorious homecoming party last week. Uh oh. Oh, we did. <laughs> oh, we did. You know what? Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I thought it was well done by AEW to test the crowd a bit first by having Punk come out to MJF's intro. There was a mix of cheers and boos when the. Bu- when the burb first popped up on the screen, oh, the Burberry first popped up on the screen. But after a bait and switch by Punk and lots of digs at the Islanders, the whole place was amped up to see the pride of Plainview. The video package <laughs> intro they made, and then the legit tears from MJF as the place went wild for him. That's what wrestling's all about. Those moments of genuine emotion from the performers we love. Stay mage, friends. My friends, Brian. Oh, Brian. Oh, I mean, I'm sorry. That's Listen. not what wrestling's all about. I don't, I don't want genuine emotion from the performers. I want fake emotion to work me into some genuine emotion. I don't want. That's that's what wrestling's all about. That was brilliant by you. A fundamental disagreement about the nature of wrestling. It's a great point. Here's the thing. Brian probably already hates us if he listens to the whole podcast. Oh, he, I'm yeah. not. I'm not denying that you felt that way in person. I'm just telling you it didn't feel that way on TV. And I appreciate the argument you just made as to why they did the CM Punk thing. You got to do better, though. There had to be there had to be a better a better way to play that. If you already knew you were trying to hype the crowd for MJF. I would have done something off the air before the show started, like maybe run a little like very baby face feeling mini doc SGG in the building, like a a five minute mini MJF doc where he really is being authentically himself and talking about Long Island and they're showing pictures of him. I would have run that at 750. Okay. And then I would have opened the show with MJF's music and he comes out. If what you're saying is correct and they were trying to do everything to get MJF over, that's how you do it. You don't try to get the most beloved guy, one of the most beloved guys in the company to be heelish enough against the crowd to get them to cheer for MJF. And listen, if it worked in the building, I'll take your word for it. But SGG, it didn't work on TV. 
Yeah, and I was gonna say too, like how does them showing the mini doc help with to the viewing audience if they're gonna do the other stuff um if, beforehand? If because if you're trying to just get a warm reception from the Long Island crowd. So if your goal was just to make okay. sure that we want him to be over on TV in this building, then before you go on TV, you find ways to hype that building for him. Yeah. And, and it'll look like, oh, my God. But I don't think doing it on TV with CM Punk being the one to do it, I don't think it worked. And I think I think part of the problem, too, is, you know, they really believe that MJF in Long Island is is akin to Brett in Canada, and <laughs> but the thing is, but Long MJF, Island is not big enough for them to do that. And At least MJF, in Canada, they can go to different cities. And and Brett was never the kind of heel MJF is. He's nasty. He's terrible. <laughs> I mean, listen, I love making fun of Long Island as much as the next guy, but guys, Long Island, how sinister a place do you think it is? This guy, this guy <laughs> says. I right. called Brian Pillman's widow a uh, horrible names. Like he, he said, the character is a terrible guy. He's not a great guy. And I mean, he's kind of the definition of a great guy. But like, come on. So that that's the thing too. Either. It it didn't it didn't ring true of the whole. You know, I'm better than you. You know what I mean? Oh, they love me. They really like me. Is not not the what you would get from. Somebody who looks down on everyone. By the way, why including they, his fellow Long Islanders. By the way, why didn't you just trot him out there and have him immediately turn on the crowd and just let him get booed there too? Do you really need? Yeah, it? that would have made him more than a warm babyface reception. Honestly, yes. Oh, it would have been. He would have gotten way hotter a reception healing off on the crowd than he got a babyface reception for sure. Tearing up too. Tearing up. <laughs> no. Oh, all right. Mail. Akash says, normally, I agree with most of what Dip says, but man, he got this totally wrong. He's talking about Hangman. Dip was complaining about how Brian and Hangman's story didn't uh, progress on last week's show. That's two weeks ago now. He said, first, Danielson's been targeting Hangman's friends, Dark Order, in order to anger Hangman. This is story progression. Second, more importantly, the best thing AEW does is keep champions and challengers apart in the build for the match. Co contrast this with what typically happens on Raw, where we see the champion and challenger together every week. For example, in the build of the Fatal 4-Way on day one, we've already seen Lashley in singles matches versus KO, Seth, and E, as well as KO versus E twice. In the coming weeks, we'll probably get Seth versus KO, Seth versus E, some sort of tag match, etc. By the time the pay-per-view rolls around, we'll have seen these four wrestlers with each other in one combination or another so many times that the pay-per-view doesn't feel special at all. When it comes to people like Roman, Brock, and Edge, WWE is forced to build the match properly because those guys don't generally wrestle on TV, and they typically do a great job with those builds. But when it comes to everyone else, they default to just having the people in the feud wrestle each other over and over every week. Thanks and enjoy yourselves. Great message from Akash. I think he makes a great point. I think Dip may have missed that. We tried to tell him. We tried to set him straight. Did. Even SGG shocking the world last week. Male. Um, let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Zachary says, Hey, Peter, you work for WWE. Greg and dip. Don't <laughs> matter. Like this is going. He said, Greg and dip don't matter too much. So just hear me out <laughs> as a previous 24 seven champion. I know you have a lot of pull within the company. Can you please barge into Vince's office and use some influence to make a difference? <laughs> we had 68 
We've had 68 disqualifications so far in WWE in 2021. Almost every important women's match on Raw or SmackDown ends with a surprise roll-up or disqualification. They are trying to protect too many people, and they all look stupid. Also, I think in the Queen of the Ring tournament, the matches averaged less than three minutes. The entire tournament took less time than one big match. Tell Greg to stop defending WWE on that. Use your influence for good. Thank you, Mage One. Zach. P.S. Dip and Greg are Mage. Just kidding. <laughs> I don't think SGG would defend that. I, 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 the Queen of the Ring matches were not great. I, I, I'm no, happy but it, the result of where Zelina is right now. And I, I actually, we haven't spent much time with Zelina and Carmella as tag champions. I think that's potentially Mage too. But I, I hear the point. Yeah, but I think that's what they were just trying to do, right? They were just they had a result that they want to get to, and they they rushed through the tournament to get it. And now Zelina can say that she won the tournament. I don't think when we look back at these great kings and queens of the ring that we're gonna look back and say that the overall tournament was great. Because even with Austin three sixteen, we don't talk about the tournament. We talk about the fact that it made Austin, and this is something that has clearly elevated Zelina. So I mean. You know, it's it's tough because when you have something like the G1 going on at the same time where the whole tournament feels made and it's round robin and every match feels like the greatest match ever to turn around and say, who cares that they rushed through the end result of the tournament? It just speaks to the different philosophies that WWE and these other promotions have. Like they're trying to tell a story and the tournament, even though it was the first and it should have been made to feel more special, the tournament just ends up being a footnote in the, the story of Zelina Vega, which is that she's on the rise and now she's a queen and a champion just by virtue of being queen, put her in that position. So, well, I know. take it back. I said Greg wouldn't defend it, but guess what? He did an admirable job defending it. Male. Let's see. Terrell says, I know the plan. Drew McIntyre's going over on Roman at WrestleMania in Dallas. Drew was a soldier and a solid champ through the bleakest of times in WWE history, performing at crickets, leading a three hour dry ass show. That man did what he could, and although not all of it was great, he was a workhorse and never got the moment in front of the crowd that he worked so hard for. Right now, they're doing what they can to keep Drew as far away from Roman as possible. I believe the plan was to keep him next to the always-over Jeff Hardy, keep him next to that flame as the steel, uh, and steal a couple months with Corbin and Moss, transition that into Jeff getting his shot at Roman, another legend on the list for Roman, another good little run for Jeff, bing bong, bleep your life. And then when <laughs> Jeff gets killed by the bloodline, <laughs> Jeff's buddy Drew steps in. Unfortunately, Jeff seemingly had a setback, blah, 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 prayers out to him. And so I'm not sure they know quite yet what to do with Drew till it's time for Mania. But I believe Drew going over is the plan. Rock's not ready. Both Heyman and Roman have hinted multiple times that Hollywood would be the place for that. And so Drew goes over this year. You take Roman off TV for a couple months. Let him heal up. Let fans get a little break to make the heart grow fonder. Bring him back for the Drew rematch around SummerSlam, ideally. And we get monster heel Roman again, leading us into Rock versus Roman at Mania in La La Land. And I'm saying right now, because I'm in that B, 1,000% confirmed. <laughs> Hold on, I got to give him the proper <laughs> drop for saying yeah. uh, he deserves it. Hold on. A thousand percent. Dropping all the raccoons. Add me to the black power rankings when this comes <laughs> true. Hashtag stay mage. Hashtag the new new. I'll tell you what. I'm ending the show with that email. A thousand percent. What's his name? 
Terrell. Terrell, number 1A on this week's Black Power Rankings. A thousand percent. Because I got to tell you, <laughs> not a lot of people are going to love the idea of Drew going over Roman at WrestleMania, but SGG. Listen, I, I don't love I it. A he, laid out a, he laid out a good plan. He laid out a solid plan, strong case. It's Monster a great Rick, case. Monster Hill Roman Part 2. It's a great case, man. Shout out to Terrell for saying something smarter than we've said on this show in years. <laughs> Number 1A on this week's Black Power Rankings. Man, big up I can't take it from Bobby Lashley. I'm not trying to get end no. up in the, in the hurt lock. Well, we also have to worry about what's going to happen with Dip when he runs into KO next time. <laughs> right, right. I think you called him like a professional schlump or something. Listen, so Dip can 100%, 1,000% be pop-up powerbomb. So Dip better watch out. Um, Rosenberg beats at gmail.com. Um, I, I, I'm trying to get to all the emails. I see Christopher Martinez sent us a good email here. We didn't get time for Next week, we will do something special for the holidays. So thank you to all of you guys so much for the love and support and supporting us through the new, new, new era. Thanks to our producer, Troy. SGG, do me a favor. Have yourself a mage week, and we'll uh, we'll do something fun next week for our special holiday sheep heat special. Oh, yeah. And enjoy yourself, Pete. And enjoy enjoy the Zabars. Oh, they look delicious. You're a very, very nice man. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Did I say special, special next week? I think I did. I think you did. It could be, it could be extra special. Right? That's how you know it's special. Red Heart is the greatest professional wrestler in the history of the art form. Mitch. <laughs>